the ground death is the state of its condition then you see it come to fruition that's a type of resurrection when you turn off the light and go to sleep at night bury your head beneath the covers arise in the morning oh, that's just another type of resurrection so i know that he lives my redeemer lives i know tell me do you yes i know that he lives my redeemer lives i know he gave me all the proof yes i know that he lives my redeemer lives this i know how about you how about you israel ate that lamb then left egypt's land to the red sea or pharaoh right behind them through divided waters yah delivered them on dry land that's a type of resurrection old joseph was a dreamer his brothers did despise they put him in that hole for they sought to take his life then he was lifted up by the merchants passing by that's a type of resurrection so i know that he lives my redeemer lives this i know tell me do you yes i know that he lives my redeemer lives oh he lives he gave me all the proof yes i know that he lives my redeemer lives this i know how about you how about you abraham was faithful took his son to sacrifice then yahweh said you please me you don't have to take his life then he turned around to see the ram yah did provide that's a type of resurrection
Every ocean praises Yahweh in overwhelming size. So let's sing hallelujah. Let's sing hallelujah. Let's sing hallelujah. Let's sing. Let's sing hallelujah. Let's sing hallelujah. Let's His creation is a masterpiece no artist could touch. Oh, no, no. Every color that he painted, he painted it with love. And his signature is seen on everything he made. Even you, for every breath you breathe, you breathe his living name. So let's sing. Hallelujah, let's sing, hallelujah, let's sing, hallelujah, let's sing. Come on, everyone, let's sing. Let every living thing, let every living thing praise his name. Come on, sing it all. Dustin, one, two. <laughs>
Test, 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 testing, 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 one, two, testing, 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 one, two, testing, not this time.
Terrell. I would like to say good morning to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. We, this school was established as a result of a divine revelation given to our in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes certain other foreign countries. Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce you to the dean of the Southfield Michigan class, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Our president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And our superintendent is Dr. Jarrell Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, Word, or Son, and which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh, and improperly substituted by Lord. The true name of the, uh, excuse me, the Word or Son is Elohim. It has substituted. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is by Jesus Christ. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 5. We, each Lord, must. But unlike Lord, God, Elohim, a divine title, means Elohim, creator, chose for himself. Jesus is a name, an erroneous name, a minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary proof that Latin language any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names and Jehovah renderings of the true son. Christ is a title. God. Comprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. Cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize 
on this cloud all around of the chart. So two, the chart. Pure spirit speaking. Yahweh knowing that man could not come in this pure Excuse me. The primary aims and constitutional objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah with distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose operating throughout the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, 
the dragon or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by our president, Dr. Edward Yule, followed by scripture, which will be Daniel, the third chapter, read by Dr. April Lewis. I'd like to say good morning to the class. Good morning. We want to give all thanks to our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, for allowing us to come and study once again about his purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation. want to hold fast to those things that are taught and be thankful that at the end of this age, Yahweh gave Dr. Henry Clifford Kennedy a vision and a revelation of his purpose, pattern, and plan, and that is what we must study to know that he is the only true Elohim and Yahshua Messiah our own soul salvation. With all the blessings we can perceive, let us thank Yahshua our Savior. With all those words, let us say hallelujah. Good morning, class. This morning's scripture lesson will be Daniel, the third chapter, and I'll be reading out of the Holy Name Bible, and that's containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, and that's revised by A.B. Trainer of the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated. That's Daniel, the third chapter. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the, of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image of, that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then Herod cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the, corn, the cornet, the flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, 
ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the hour be cast into the midst of the finer, burning fiery furnace. Excuse me. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, the language, and the languages, fell down and worshipped the golden calf that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the hornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship it, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy deities, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my deities, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of, the, of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that Eloah that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. If it be so, our Elohim, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy deities, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. And the form of his vis visage was changed, excuse me, against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was wont to be he heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men who... Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace was exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew these men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, 
Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the son of Elohim. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High Eloah, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of, of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the Eloah of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel, and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word, and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any other except their own Eloah. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the Eloah of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made of dunghill. And there is no other Eloah that can deliver after this sort. Then the, king then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. That was Daniel, the third chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> We'd like to thank our president for the prayer and our scripture reader for that beautiful, inspiring scripture. And before we begin, because we know what's going on, we have three viruses circulating out there. We're asking everyone to please keep your mask on in the building unless you're called on to speak. And we'd also like to acknowledge some visiting brethren visiting with us from our Detroit branch. We have Sister Kathy Harris and Sister Edna DeRamus and Wanda Decker. Welcome you all, and thank you for coming. And for our first speaker of the morning, we're happy to call Dr. Pedro Dominguez. You think you can hear me? Uh, good morning, class. It's a pleasure and a great privilege to uh, attend these group uh, classes, IDMR, but about the vision and the revelation that was given to our founder, Dr. Henry uh, C. Kinley, in the year 1931. We don't worship that man. Uh, we really worship the creator who gave him the vision. Um, and it was according to, according to the same visions that were given to Moses and John the, John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos. I think we got Oh, yeah, right here. John on the Isle of Patmos. And they, they saw, he saw the vision from the end. He saw the vision from the end. Uh, 
from the end of the vision going to the beginning with the day with all the with Elohim in his in his glory garments of glory when when we're going to be when he's going to be revealed universally uh, and then also turned into the tabernacle and then he, he he saw Adam created he saw the days of creation all going from the end to the beginning and Moses saw the vision going from the beginning as as Elohim was stood before him uh, and transformed into the tabernacle and then transformed back into himself and then showed showed him how the 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 creation of the universe and the earth and the creation go according to a threefold go according to a threefold tabernacle pattern which is the pattern that was given to Moses and he was shown how to build that tabernacle on the mount Sinai it consists of a most most holy place a holy place a court roundabout uh, three compartments the same way your body has a head cavity a chest cavity where your heart is and an abdomen cavity or abdomen compartment these three cannot be separated or you would die so the same way you don't want to separate those three compartments you want they they, they go together they, they actually uh, um, these three are one that's what we say here uh, um, could I get um, the blood, the water, and the spirit on um, John, is it First John or Second John? Yeah, the blood, the water, the spirit. Thank you. Uh, it says they agree the, the 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 blood, the water, and the spirit agree in one. But the Father and the Word and the Word, the Word and the Holy Spirit, they are one. So that's difference because they are witnesses on the earth plane to his to his um, to his threefoldness pattern which was given to Moses, like I said. Could I get somewhere in there where, uh, in Exodus, where, where, uh, where um, um, Moses is on the mount, called, he's called to go up on the mount. Uh, I think that's Exodus 24. Yep. That's Exodus 24. He was told, that, he was told, he, uh, let me give you a, a, a basis for this he was he he um he 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 um took the israelites the children of israel through the red sea after they partook of the the land the the, the paschal land the passover lamb 
they they had to kill a lamb so that they could escape the 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 um the uh, Egyptians because uh, uh, Pharaoh had a grip on the Egypt on the Israelites that uh he they had to do as they had to uh, labor and toil in rigor um, and uh, Mo Moses was given the 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 name here at the burning bush. Uh, could I get Exodus three and one? Exodus three and one. And Moses. And now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb. Hold it. Now he was, he fled out of he fled out of um, Egypt, a, a wanted man because he had killed killed two Egyptians, and uh, I, one. Okay, he killed one Egyptian because he was he was messing with his brother, and he had to flee because Pharaoh was after him, and because they found out, so he's so he went to the land of Midian, and he dwelt there as a shepherd, and uh, he also married a, a, a married a Ethiopian woman, I believe, uh, from from uh, Jeth. Uh, he he during that process. He, uh, he helped some some um, some shepherds, some women. What what race were they? Uh, Ethiopians. Ethiopians. Oh, well, they um, they were they were feeding their flock, and uh, the, um, the the some other shepherds just kept. They didn't let them drink their water, so the Moses had to stand up and defend them. And that was that that that's a blood water spirit principle because uh, he he killed the Egyptian, then he fled to the land of Midian, and then he helped them feed their flock at the well. That was the water. Then the Egyptians came and they ate the flock. Yashua giving him the name, I think, or the what? Yeah, I was talking about the way when he fed the sheep, the sheep he helped water the flock. With, with it was the type of the Messiah when he interceded for the women. Okay, so that was a spirit. That was yeah, blood, water, spirit. Okay. Um, and he married one of the daughters of uh, the, the sheep, the, the shepherd that he worked for. And uh, he stayed in the land of Midian, and, and he dwelt. And uh, he uh, saw that burning bush. Oh man! I'm going to do the floor. This is someone can pick up after that. They, they might do a better job. You did a good job. Okay. 
did a good job. Thank you, Pedro. And, and before I announce our next speaker, we'd like to welcome a first-time visitor, Mr. Bruce Spearmanel. We thank you for coming. Visitor of Dr. Rhonda Brazil. And our, for our next speaker of this afternoon, we're happy to call also from our Southfield branch, Dr. Sharon Lewis. Put that baby down. That's my baby. <laughs> I would like to say good morning to the class. Uh, what Pedro said, no one can do a better job, Pedro. We rely on the spirit of Yahshua to teach anything about him. It's not a person. And if you have on your lips and in your heart and mind the name of Yahshua, you are far heads above anyone. This little insignificant building, what is it about? We're coming to learn of our Creator as He really is and actually exists. Not our imagination, not our ideal, not our theory, but what thus said Yahweh. And he allowed mankind throughout the ages and dispensation to know something about himself, but he had to tell them. He had to literally show them, and he had to reveal it through by the way of a, a vision, a divine vision, and a revelation given directly from him. In the year of 1931, we have the name of our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Henley, listed here on this chart. It's very small, and it's insignificantly listed on the chart. If we didn't point it out, you would miss it. It was nothing to Dr. Kenley. It was simply that Yahweh chose that man to reveal the mysteries of mysteries too. At the end of this particular age, he chose a man. He chose Moses in 1490 BY. You know the story. Took him up to the mount and revealed to him per the purpose and what revealed to him what he was about. He gave Moses, when he was down here at the burning bush, gave him his name. Prior to Moses receiving this name, nobody on the face of the earth knew the name of Yahweh. You see, now these are significant things I'm telling you. But don't take me, don't take it for my word as the founder, Dr. Kenley said. Don't believe me because I told you, don't just take my word for it, make me prove it right. until you're satisfied. And each one of us have different levels of satisfaction. We know that from a natural standpoint. But he will reveal it to you, right within you, and satisfy you. And we're talking about a powerful creator. We're not going to leave it up to an imagination of a man, you see. We're not going to do that. He took us out of that. He showed Moses a vision, showed him the days of creation, 
brought him up out of this land was a mystery to all the rest of the world, what he was doing with these children of Israel coming up out of Egypt. He showed John on the Isle of Patmos of the Aegean Sea, AD 96. He showed him a vision from the Creator, as the previous speaker said, from the, uh, from the end to the beginning. Moses saw this vision from the beginning to the end. These two are witnesses to the self-same vision. Didn't say anything differently. Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley, the voice of the seventh angel that's listed in Revelation, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of Yahweh shall be finished. Dr. Kenley said he saw all, what's the word, encompassing the entire scope, a panoramic of Moses' vision and John's vision. He saw it as well, was taken up to that mount and was revealed these things by Yahweh. You see, let me have over there, I want to say it very briefly and move on. Over in Revelation, when it talks about the voice of the seventh angel. Now, I want to, tell, now I want to just say something. I don't know which way Yahweh is leading me, but I have it on my heart. The first time visitors, the second time visitors, the third, the fourth, the zillionth time visitor, because we're all just visiting. My brother, the dean of this uh, Southfield years ago, but I think he had it on the back of his car, did Just visiting. A little, little saying on the back of his car, just visiting. Talking about this planet, this earth, this physical body is not to last forever. This is not our home. We're just visiting people. I'm telling you we are. You know, and Yahweh has called us. I mean, he's done something. There's a lot of things on my mind. I don't want to digress, but I want to say something. I, I, he allowed me to uh, listen to a YouTube video. I'm just going to digress for a moment. And this YouTube video was in 19, was 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And this gospel has been... This organization, this gospel, has been around this many schools, but it's been perverted, people. I just got to say it like it is. And one of the people on this video said that this chart here takes a picture of us, is what they said. And they said that if it takes a picture of us, we can see by this chart that Dr. Kenley that, let me just say it, see if I can get it right, when they came up out of Egypt and came into the wilderness of Sinai, they could have went by way of the Philistines and it would have been a shorter distance. They said, I'm sorry? Okay. They said, but Dr. Kenley told them the wrong way. You know, and when I read that, I'm like, whoa. Told them the wrong way. You see, because he could have taken them a shorter distance, but he took them through the Red Sea. Now, that's not true. There is nothing this man has said that was not true. We have not been taken the wrong way. I want to encourage everyone today before I do another step forward in saying anything. Stay where Yahweh placed you. What you heard from the beginning Maintain it. There's a lot of things out here that's not correct. 
maintain it for your own soul salvation. It is not incorrect. We've been showed by a pattern. Now over there in Revelation, it talks about that the seventh angel, read that, I just want to say this about this man here. He said that he had a divine vision and revelation given directly from the creator. He said, do not believe me because I said it, but make me prove it until you're satisfied. What you see before you is a product of that vision drawn out. He saw charts. He showed this vision and was instructed to put them on charts or canvases and write it out for the people to be able to see it. This vision, this, these charts are all in a systematic divine pattern that is stipulated in our Bibles that we wouldn't even know to even look for until Yahweh told us what to look for. He had to reveal it to us, you see? So everything on these charts, it's in an order and systematic way, in such a way that you just wouldn't even believe it if a man told you. Yahweh has to make you believe it. He has to prove it to you. You see, so he talked about in Revelations, if you got that for me, receiving this vision. Now, this was pointing out, and it was pointed out that what this scripture is talking about indeed was this last man in this last dispensation of ages. We have that chart over here showing forth a timetable that Yahweh has set aside for man to come into a knowledge and to know something about him. I don't want to keep going too far. This chart is way over here, and I love this chart. It, it, you know, it's just amazing what it shows. I don't even want to move it because it might drop. But it's three physical ages. This, uh, the, this chart in the creation abides within Yahweh or eternity. We're in this fourth kingdom age right here. And right next to it is the fifth age, or the kingdom age, which is the spiritual age. So we are literally right down here at the last stages of this physical existence. Right on this line, it says the revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. And, a, and across from that line is the fifth kingdom age, which is immortality. So we are right down here to the very last prophetic seconds. I was listening to the Catholic Church radio and they were saying that uh, we are in such a time they says lying cheating murder a deception just everything you can think of that's going on in the world they said this tells them we are at the last days of this physical creation we're not the only ones saying that people you see because the world Yahweh is showing we're at the end and what this radio program went on to say, that it is such a, um, uh, it, with the, uh, the weather conditions, the earthquakes, uh, the, uh, the man's heart, uh, the uh, hate that everyone has in the world. I'm like, what? You know, they can actually say that. They can actually feel that and see that within themselves, you know. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist, is what I'm trying to say. So here, we have this opportunity. There was three physical ages. We have this opportunity now to come and learn something about our creator as he really is and actually exists. Yahweh allowed that to happen right here through by this divine vision given to the founder of this school 
Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in 1931. This scripture that she's reading in Revelations, please read it. Revelation 10 and 1. Uh -huh. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. Okay. Clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head. Uh -huh. And his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. Now pause for a moment. As I was stating just a few minutes ago, this vision, I want to finish telling you about it, it has been around the world. It's been on three ecclesiastical peace missions. These charts, one of them was rolled down in the Vatican in, uh, in the, um, with Cardinal Gamilia was the person in attendance. The Pope, of course, was watching as was revealed to us. But this chart was raised down and it was stated by Cardinal Gamilia, Gamilia that I see you use the true names. So that should now pose a question. Well, if we're using the tree, if this is the true name, what is the world using? You see? Now he was pointing to the name of Yahweh. You know? I see you using the true name. See? These things was revealed. Read, continue reading. Mm -hmm. And he had in his little hand, excuse me, and he had in his hand a little book open. And now, Dr. Lewis, can you go back to where he was talking? Excuse me, standing in front of you. He says he had the right foot. Um, that's, that's the verse I'm at. Okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. and, he had his hand, and he had in his hand a little book open. Uh -huh. And he set his right foot upon the sea. Okay, now look at this chart. And this is what was pointed out to us. He's looking at the vision. And let's look at it from this, end, this point. Looking at, if you're looking at this chart, for instance, that's so why these charts are very instrumental. He says he had his right foot on this, what, what was it again? Mm -hmm. His right foot was where? And he set his right foot upon the sea. The right foot upon the sea. That's like this foot upon the sea. This is the right of me looking at this vision, if you would. You see, here's John on the Isle of Patmos at the Aegean Sea. His right foot is upon the sea, read. And his left foot on the earth. The left foot is on the earth. This is likening to Moses being on this mountain. You know, this is him being on the mountain or the ground because Moses went up and Dr. Kenley saw him lay his body on the ground. So the left foot is on the earth. The right foot is upon the sea. Read. And cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared. Uh -huh. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Seven thunders. Now Moses was called up here to see this vision, and he saw the seven days of creation, or the seven thunders. Read. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, uh -huh. I was about to write. Now this is John writing this in the book of Revelation. He said when the seven thunders uh, was about, uh, roared, he was about to write. Read. And I heard a voice from heaven saying But he heard me, a voice say, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uh -huh. uttered, and write them not. And write them not. Now it was revealed to us, he was told that, John was seeing this, write them not because Moses had already written about the days of creation in um, and his vision in Exodus. Read. Mm -hmm. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea, 
and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, forever and ever, who created heaven and the uh-huh. things that therein are, uh-huh. and the earth and the things that therein are. He created are. all things in heaven and all things in earth. Read. And the sea and uh-huh. the things which are That's therein. That's right. Uh-huh. That there should be time no longer. That there should be time no longer. You see, now Dr. Kinley, in the year of 1931, he stated that he had this divine Vision. Is there something else after that? Yes. Read. But in the days of the voice of the seventh now, angel. Now, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, and this was revealed to me that this was Dr. Henry C. Kenley. See, you just have to stick around and have that proven to you. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, read. When he shall begin to sound. When he shall begin to sound or speak, read. The mystery of Yahweh should be the finished. The mystery of Yahweh should be finished. Now, I'm having, this was in 1931. Now, we're talking about when that angel begins to speak, the mystery of Yahweh should be finished. In 1931, he had that divine vision. I'm going to ask Dr. Ron Brazil to give me that other date because I can't think of it right now. To describe, to add up 1931 being the same as Dr. Kenley said that the age ended in 1960, correct? 1960 is equivalent to 1931. And you can prove that by showing, we don't have a board here, but when you look at 1960, which this man said the age ended, got to come back, there's a lot to this, ended in 1960, and you take that 1960, there was a 33-year error, with them uh, bringing in the actual true birth date of Yahshua the Messiah. If you subtract that 33 years from that 1960, you would get 1927. And then there's a four-year error. 27 and 4 is 1931. And I know I just threw that out. That's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can put it up there, I might need it. But... Um, is equivalent, in other words. So at the days of the voice of the seventh angel, that was in 1931, the mystery of Yahweh will be finished. So we have here, when he said finish, then he's talking about that right here, being that the age actually ended in 1960. I won't go any further than that. I hope I didn't confuse a lot, a lot of people. But anyhow, this vision is real. It is something that we've learned through by the divine vision for Yahweh allowing us to know something about himself. Now, for the sake of the first-time visitor, I just want to go over these names real quick, and I will probably have my seat and have another person uh, come up and attempt to tell this great story because it's more than a notion to stand up and say anything about Yahweh. If Yahweh don't give you the inkling, if he don't give you the inspiration, Coming through any vessel, it's not going to come. So that's why we want Yahweh to speak through us. Sharon don't have anything to say. I never did have anything to say. And then when he gave us something, now he allows us to speak because we're servants. Knowing something about Yahweh makes you a servant in case a new person has to hear it because it was preached to us. So he's going to allow us to do the preaching. Nothing about us whatsoever. We're going to make mistakes on this floor. We do not know everything. 
you see. But he has inspired many that are sitting on this seat now and have come to a knowledge and understanding about himself. Now, Yahweh told us his name. I told you that the first person that knew anything about Moses' name was Moses, was, uh, Moses in Exodus that knew something about Yahweh's name. This name, Yahweh, is the father and mother of us all. Yah being the masculine, way being the feminine side of his name, you see. He is the father. It's commonly mistranslated for Lord. Lord is a title. It's not a name. You see, Yahweh has a name. Everything on the face of the earth, your amoebas, your items that you invisibly can't even see, have a name. But our creator is just the Lord. You don't put the in front of a proper name. These are things that we learn down here. My name is Sharon. I'm, I'm a woman. But you don't say the Sharon. You say the woman, the title. You see what I'm saying? So Yahweh has a name. His divine title is Elohim that he gave to the children of Israel, or Yahweh showed Moses in this vision. This is proven by the... Uh, uh, children of Israel that came up out of the land of Egypt, they had banners. You don't see it on this chart. You see it right here on this chart. They, have, they had tents set up around this tabernacle. And each tents, each one of the banners or the, um, the tribe that they were in, four tribes, they had um, banners to them like a flag or insignia. The banner for one, you look at this name, the banner, banner for one was an eagle, that's the E. The banner for the other was a lion, that's an L. The other was an oxen, that's an O. And then there was a banner that showed forth a man, that's him. Elohim, that's the divine title that Yahweh gave to himself. You see, the word or son, that's mistranslated as God, or commonly mistranslated for God. Then there's the name of Yahshua. Yahshua says, I've come in my father's name. This was the father, Yahweh, in bodily form. He says, I come in my father's name, Yah being the masculine portion of this name, and Wei being the feminine portion. So he took on the portion of his father's name, Yah, Yah. Shua means in Hebrew, salvation, savior. You know, when Miriam was told, when the angel came to her, says, you shall give birth to the Savior, he always started out that way. The Savior is Yahshua, the Messiah. That's commonly mistranslated for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is erroneous because one of the main reasons it could not have been Jesus was no J, no Jesus. This letter J came into our English language and was placed as the 10th letter of the alphabet. In the 17th century, or 16th King James time, that's when this letter J came into existence. You see what I'm saying? But today is not in Greek, Hebrew, or English, or Latin. You see what I'm saying? So uh, was that the bell? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Russian is long. <laughs> Why not? Okay. So anyhow, this J did not come into existence. It never could have been the name Jesus. Never could have been. 
You see, it's like some of one of the speakers used to say all the time here, that if you went back in the days that in the Judea hills where he walked, and you said over there, uh, do, you, do you have the internet here? They wouldn't know what you were talking about. There was no such thing as an internet. Like and until there was no such thing as a letter J. J was not even there. That J sound wasn't there. You see what I'm saying? But this Joshua was. This, if you look over at this chart now, this was Yahweh the Father. And let's introduce you to Yahweh like we were introduced. On this chart, which is the Moses chart, that Dr. Kenley saw in his vision that was given to us. You see, this chart is surrounded by this cloud, as the moderator has stated, depicting that everything on this chart, this everything on this chart is within the cloud. Yahweh says he's likened to a cloud. He's not a cloud, but he merely chose the cloud to symbolize that everything is within him. Everything lives and moves and have their being within Yahweh. Nothing is outside of Yahweh. So we can't stand back and look at him, look down, come from the bottom and try to see Yahweh. Everything is within him. He's the whole ball of wax. This air that you breathe, this little invisibility between me and you is Yahweh. That's pure spirit. There is, that's him. And within that pure spirit is nine principal divine attributes of wisdom, intelligence, knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, strength. Now, Yahweh is spirit. These are spiritual attributes. You can't go to the store and buy a pound of wisdom or an ounce of justice. You see, you can't buy, a, you, you can't go get me a jar of foundation. They're invisible. You see, those are all in part of Yahweh's makeup. You see, this is him. And right within this pure spirit state, Yahweh being law and eternity, the limits and bounds of everything, he chose to create a creation. He chose to move from this state and then create the creation. So this pure spirit state, took on, if you would, move from this pure essence. I mean, when you think about it, people, it's awesome. He moved from this and took on shape and form as a man, as it sta states over there in Exodus 24. Please get that for me, and I, well, I won't be too much longer, because I know there's another speaker. But if you can just follow along with me, because Yahweh revealed these esoteric secrets and when he revealed it to, the, to mankind through by this vision, he allowed us, there was a, there's a whole point, but I can't say everything, but he allowed us with that spirit that we hope to obtain, that many have obtained. The Holy Spirit or the day of Pentecost has been done. It is continually going on. Yahweh has the availability and the, he has purposed that some people, some in this physical body, have the Holy Spirit right now dwelling in their being, you see. And that's what we hope to have preached to and from these floors is the Holy Spirit preaching that, you see. But he, now was that the bell? Okay. <laughs> and, okay. So this pure spirit state moved into this bodily shape and form known as Elohim. Then if you see this here, this tabernacle pattern here, 
he moved from this state, transfigured or transformed in this threefold intangible sanctuary, then back into himself. Then he saw, this is what Moses was saying, day by day logical sequences. And he saw that in the six days of creation. And it was going by a divine pattern of everything, you see. So Yahweh did show this man something. He showed this man something. He showed Dr. Kinley something. He showed the patriarchs and the prophets something, you see. And so this is what we are looking at and what he has allowed us. He showed you something too. So that's why I said in the beginning, don't, let, don't go away from what he showed you. Don't take it no other way. What he showed us, he stated also, he's given us and left us, talking about Dr. Kenley did, everything that we needed. Now it's the Holy Spirit now that's reigning and this teaching and this revealing things. Everything in this world is being exposed. You see, if you watch the news and you see it, the, from the, the things that you never thought would come out, it's coming out, it's being exposed. A lot of idolatry, as the scripture reading was, was talking about those uh, three men that Yahweh took care of and had them in that, that they would not worship those physical things. You know, we have this holiday that's coming up, and everybody at the Catholic radio station again is talking about Jesus' birthday, and it's just amazing. They don't know nothing about it, but it was revealed through by this divine vision simply taking the natural things that we are used to. Over there in Luke, I'll say real quick, I probably about three minutes I've got, just want to share this part, that over there in Luke, the second chapter, the angel comes to, um, to um, Mary, and he's to get that part real quick for me, when the angel is coming to Miriam, uh, this was after she was pregnant, I believe it's after he already told her. You got that for me? Luke 2 and... No, I want it. I want. I don't want. I'm, I don't have enough time. It's Luke two. One and twenty-six. Okay, read one and twenty-six. Okay, that's what I want. He said, and then that's what I want. John Doman says that's what I want. That's what I want. Thank you. <laughs> okay, read that quickly for me. One and twenty-six. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from Elohim into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Okay, this is the angel Gabriel, Gabriel sent to Miriam. Read fast. I got about three minutes. To a virgin as follows, to a man whose name was Joseph. Okay. Of the house of David, and okay. the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Ahel, thou that art highly favored, Yahweh is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Okay. And when she saw him, she was troubled at saying, and cast in her mind, what manner of salutation should this, this should be? Okay. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with Elohim. You found favor, read. Uh, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Yahshua. And shall call his name Yahshua. The angel gave the name of Yahshua to the mother. She was not something she picked out of a name book. You see what I'm saying? He gave her that name. Now go over to... Uh, second Luke, the second chapter, when Mary's going to Elizabeth. Just real quick. Okay. Um, That's two. 13, 14. 13. It says, when he's telling her what month it is, she goes to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who is John the Baptist's mother, um, John the Baptist's wife, is now pregnant. And does anybody else know where that's at, if you look for it? And... 
Okay. It's in the first two. Is yeah, it the first time? Yeah, I don't think it's. Yeah, keep reading. Yeah, keep um, reading where you were at. Uh, where was I? I was at 10, 13, 14, 15. All right. And it came to pass as soon as the days of his. No, no. No, I, I thought it was the second chapter. And it's a. She's walking in. Elizabeth has been notified that she's with child. Uh, but she said this is the, the sixth month with Elizabeth. That's okay. the 39th verse. Okay, read. Go ahead and read. And Mary arose in those days and went to the, the hill country with haste into the city of Judea, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. Okay. Now you missed the part that I'm looking for. Okay. When the angel is telling Miriam to go, or Miriam to go see Elizabeth, and he says, and this is the sixth month. To with Elizabeth. Is that the 36? Okay. Okay, now the Miriam, all right, the angel told Miriam, you're having a baby, call him Yahshua. Uh, Your cousin Elizabeth also is pregnant, has conceived, and this is the sixth month with her. Now I'm telling you, the world don't want, don't want to hear what Yahweh showed us. It's in the scriptures. This is the sixth month. Now it's too much time that I don't have the time. Abib is the first month of the year, according to the scripture, the month of Abib, which is correlated with our April. So you count from April, April, May, June, July, August, September, the sixth month that the angel's talking to Miriam is the month of September. So you just write it down. It's our month of September. I'm going back and forth. Gregorian, month September, okay? That's the sixth month with Miriam, you see? That's the same month, that's the sixth month with Elizabeth, thank you. That's the same month Miriam conceived. So if she conceived in the sixth month or September, it takes how many months for a baby to be born? Nine months. So I'm not writing it down, I don't have the time, maybe I wanted to write that down. But it takes nine months for a baby to be born. So you count from September. Miriam is told she's pregnant. There's a baby. His name is Joshua. He will be born to save. When is he born? It's not December the 25th. Count from September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. Nine months, 40 weeks for a baby to be born. Nine months brings Miriam, are, uh, until the month of June, that's going to correlate with this first man, Adam. See, the time is out. Oh, it's so much, but I can't say it all. <laughs> the Messiah's birth date was not December the 25th. This Messiah's the Messiah's birthday was June 6th. The first man, which is likened to the second man, Yahshua, this is in scripture. First man, Adam. Second man, Yahshua. First man, Adam, placed in the garden the sixth day. Second man, Adam, which is Yahshua, born on the 6th of June. Not in the wintertime. That was John the Baptist's birthday. Total opposite. One born when there was no uh, grass to, for the cows and the sheep to grass, graze on. You see, it's a lot, people. It's a lot. I encourage you to come back and study with us. Sorry if it was jumbled or whatever. I tried to do my best. Hope you got something out of it. With these words, I thank you.
Thank you, Dr. Lewis. <laughs> he couldn't wait till his grandma sat down. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call also from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. John Domitz. Dr. Domitz. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, thank everyone for being here. Um, if this were football, we're in the red zone. <laughs> and we're going to keep the ball rolling. All right, I'd like to have the chart, the chalkboard brought up in front so it's readily visible to everyone. And I want to continue on. <clears throat> A couple of preliminary things while um, we're doing this. This teaching and this illustration that you see in front of you is nothing more than your Bible in pictorial form. Can you speak up, please? I can hear you back here. You're going to have to pick up the mic, I think. All right. This vision Thank you. is your Bible in, I'm not, in pictorial form. I don't have a loud voice. Um, I'm sorry. I'm old. <laughs> I'm an instructor in real life, and I've worn out my voice. That, that is a hazard of my job, is your vocal cords get worn out. But uh, nevertheless, no excuses. And what she said is he said that he had a vi he was a teacher in a church. Charge of healing. Of, charge of healing before he knew this. And he was what they call a bibliomaniac or walking Bible. He, he could quote, if you gave him a scripture, he could quote the one above and below without looking at a Bible. They said he would, sit in the, he would often sit in his chair with the Bible upside down. <laughs> he already knew what was in there. But he claimed, or he said, Yahweh gave me this vision, and after he did, my understanding of this Bible changed. And he had to admit it himself. Now, he said, don't take my word for it just because I stood in front of you and said it. Make me prove it. And he spent, what, in his ministry, what, 46 years proving it? But he had it documented on charts and this chart's been in the Vatican, and that's the one where it said, we see that you people <laughs> use the true name of, his, of our Heavenly Father and, and his son. So the question is, well, you're in charge of religion. You, you got the Bible written, and they did. They're, they're the ones that got the Bible put into English. Why aren't you using it? That's, that's not too hard to derive. If you see we're using it, and we're not special. Listen, that's the one thing people, they think we're boasting upon ourselves and denigrating other people. We are not any better than nobody. We live and die like everybody. We get sick. We pay taxes. You know, when we speed, we get tickets. We're not. What we're special is in what's been received into us. 
And I'd like to just continue on to some, one of the things the previous speaker, I want to go back to Luke 1 and 18. Because, okay, here's what else I want to say. Now, as I get, I am a minister of this gospel, and I'm not ashamed to say that, now that I know what it is. This is nothing more than your Bible in pictorial form, and it's the correct interpretation of the doggone Bible. I know, I'm getting <laughs> excited. These things are in the Bible. They are not our opinions. And then after we tell them, people look at us like, uh, I don't know what you just told me. I can't believe that. Well, you can't pull stuff out of the sky. We've got some attorneys in here. We've got one. Don't you deal with facts? You get a case, and this side says this, Here's a line right here. And this side says the exact opposite. And you have to dig to find out what the facts are before the judge can make a decision, or in this, or other cases, a jury. And you have to dig to find the facts. And usually they're out there, but they're not too apparent. That's why some, of, some facts can be obvious. Some you have to dig for because people just won't offer them. You know, so you dig and dig and dig, and if you have the time, you get to the bottom of it. That's what this school's about, is the correct interpretation of the Bible, not to extol that we're better than other people. And what I'm going to go into now is Christmas, and a little more if I have time. I want to preface this. If you bought Christmas gifts, or you put up a tree, or you sent out cards, we're not telling you to take your gifts back to the store and refund them. What we're telling you is we're not worshiping Jesus at this time of the year because he wasn't born this time of the year. Now, how do we know that? Luke 1 and 18. And what she didn't get time, I want to take some time. Because what she said was true. She just ran out of time. That's See? Luke 1 and 18. Yes. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. Should I pick it up a little bit? No, 1 in 26. 1 in 26, okay. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from Elohim unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused from a man whose name was Joseph. Okay, let's establish a fact. It's the sixth month. That's a fact, right? It's not my opinion because my name's John and I come to this school. Oh, this, this information is all over the place. Do you know there's information that people just won't tell you? If it, if it makes them look bad, they're not going to tell you. Have you figured that out yet? All right, I know, I get. So this book that was written, it starts out in the Old Covenant. It's written in Hebrew. And we're going to go back for proof according to the previous speaker, what, what the heck are you talking about this six-month business? Now, you've got to, in order, you've got to go back and this, to the law and the prophecy. If they speak not according to this word, I'm talking about preachers and religious folks, there's no light in them, mm -hmm. understanding. Now, you've got to go back to the scriptures to find out what the doggone month is. And because a Bible has been written, you can do that. All right. 
Exodus 12 and 1. Now they're getting ready to come out of Egypt. They've been in bondage to Pharaoh and they've been caused to build treasure cities and they weren't used to that. They came down with Joseph and had the best of the land and under Joseph they were cool and they were fine and great and got the best of everything to raise their sheep. Joseph died, that Pharaoh died, and the next Pharaoh that comes up says, you know what? These people are, they got a lot of, they're growing. And if our enemies attack us, they might decide to join our enemies and defeat us. So they, just, they put out a death decree after they're building the treasure cities, which is bad enough. See, they went from being free men to slaves or in bondage. And they didn't, I wouldn't like it either. I wasn't there, but I wouldn't be too happy about it. So at, at this time, he tells them to take out a lamb. And it's time for them to take out a lamb. That's a death. And they've got to sprinkle that blood on the lentil and the two side posts. In the basin in which they gather it made four points of blood, which we'll get to later, and put it on the doorpost and the two side posts in their dwellings. Cecil B. DeMills has them putting it on the outside. They didn't put it on the outside. Everybody else would have figured that out. See, he didn't give this commandment to uh, Pharaoh and his host. He only gave it to them. And, and this is the way I was taught. Where is your blood? inside of you. So they do that and the death angel is going to pass over. And wherever he sees this blood, this, see this gets up to date. See the Holy Spirit of Yahshua is going to be in us. It's got to be in us now. It's a new age. Wherever he sees this, he's going to pass over. <laughs> wherever he doesn't see it, some other type of... Alright, so twelve. Uh, 12 and 1. Exodus 12 and 1. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month shall take, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Okay, now hold it right there. Now in the next chapter or two, it says, In this month, Abib, came ye out. That, that could even be in the 14th chapter. That's 13, 13 and 4. All right, get 13 and 4. This is just biblical proof. We're talking about facts. Go ahead. Okay. 13 and 4. This day came ye out in the month, Abib. Okay. That's all I want. Now, Abib, now by the way, most of us in here to our birth are Gentiles. Most of us. My wife, Marilyn, she is Jewish. And we lived at her sister's house for three and a half years while we're waiting to get into our current residence. She's a member of a conservative synagogue, which is not Hasidic. It's, they drive on Sunday and drive on. They do, they do American stuff, so to speak. She's a member of a synagogue. She pays to be a member, and they send her a calendar every month. It's not in the Gregorian calendar. It's in the Hebrew calendar. And it tells them on, see, they have to keep 
six ceremonies a year. You've heard of Rosh Hashanah and other dates. There's six congregations or, that they have to do. And, and you know what? If they didn't get the calendar, most of them wouldn't even know what day it is. That, that, that's pretty bad. But. And, and they don't even use 2022. They have, no, they've got like 5,975. They're, they're dating from first man Adam. So there are people who know this. This is what I'm trying to tell you. They're not in this room right now, but they know the calendar. So Abib, in the Hebrew calendar, this is the, now what Yahweh did is he gave them a calendar. They didn't give it to themselves. This is going to be the beginning of months. And they actually have two calendars. This is the sacred calendar where the sacred convocations are on it. They have a civil calendar that says October is New Year's. They have, they have actually two different calendars. Now, you go figure it. All right, so anyways, I'm not going to the civil calendar. Abib, roughly speaking, is March, April. And their calendar does not have 365 days. They have 360, which is based on the moon. So their calendar actually gets out of sync after so many years, and they have to add in an intercalary month or a 13th month to get it back so, you don't, so your seasons, because their calendar is based on seasons. There's a first fruits and stuff like that. It has to be in the season of the first fruits and such. So if you start with April, like the previous speaker, or ABIB, this is the beginning of months to you. Now, I'm going to switch. Now, in our textbook, we do have the calendar. We do have a textbook that documents principles of this teaching. It's in, you can't even get it in paper form anymore unless you go through one of our students in Ohio. You can get it in disk form, though. So it's April. Now, this, this is just not genius stuff. April, May, June. <laughs> now, I'm having trouble doing the English month. That's pathetic. Like I said, I'm old. I, I get to blame everything on being old. I'm running out of space. I always do. D E C E M. I'll go January, February, and March. Now, this is their calendar. This is the sacred calendar to this day in the Jewish nation. They See, Jew, Jews are not Christians. I, I, I have to break it to you. They, they, they couldn't care less what Christians say. Now, that doesn't make them any better than anybody else, and the founder used to talk about them looking down their noses at everybody because they're God's people. Do you want to know something? Everybody's God's people. Unless everybody else came from somewhere else. Does anybody else not have a descendant called Adam? But he, what he did is he called them apart 
to give him this law. And if I can get to it, see, this was a natural law given down. And what this teaching is trying to point out is after Joshua's death, we're not, nobody, not even Jews are under the natural law. They just don't know it. They will not accept correction. And I'm not getting anti-Semitic here. But one reason they won't accept it is they know Jesus ain't the name of nobody. Jesus is not a Jewish name. It's Greek, and it's a mess. It's a translation that was put in the Bible. What is it, 17? What was the year King James translated the Bible? 1611. They took these names out. Because, uh, see, these names are recorded in the Hebrew. They haven't gone anywhere. They're still there. And they replaced them with Lord, God, and Jesus. And Jesus is not an acceptable transliteration of Joshua. Because there was no J in the Hebrew, no J in the Latin, no J in the Greek. And here's the killer, no J sound. You couldn't say, J. There was none. And the angel didn't come up to Miriam and give her a name that nobody ever heard of before. That's ridiculous. And the reason I'm saying that, because I have an associate, Christian friend, that says, well, it doesn't matter. That's what he told her anyways. I mean, they'll just pull that out of the thin air. All right, never mind. All right, I'll get back on track. So if this is one, two, Three, four, five, six. The previous speaker said September, which I believe, if I remember correctly, in Hebrew is Elal. It's, you can look in the book. We have a textbook. It's E-L-U-L. Now, this book wasn't written in the Gregorian calendar. What did I do? Uh, this book, the Bible, wasn't written in English. And it wasn't, the Gregorian calendar had not been created yet. That was created by a Roman Catholic priest. Or no, I'm sorry. The priest did the numbering on your letters, on your verses. Pope Gregory did the calendar. And they used the 365-day calendar and such that had now come in to play. So if he's coming to <clears throat> Miriam, in the sixth month, now let's go back to that just to get it back fresh in our minds. Back to Luke? Yeah. 26, 126. You want to get it? Luke 1 and 26. <clears throat> yeah. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from Yahweh unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin and spouse, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Yahweh is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now the Roman Catholic Church has made a song and dance out of that. And I just have to say it because they have gone on to say she is the mother of God. Now, if you go into the scriptures, John 4 and 24, it says Yahweh is spirit. I'm sorry, Mary is not the mother of spirit any more than I am. <laughs> but her womb was used to bear that child. 
And her family, her husband, was of the tribe of Judah, so it couldn't be just in any woman, anywhere, any place. He's the, now, now, I won't have time. That's, see, the, what, the, what we go into proof is show that the law and the prophets, they testify. Maybe we'll get that. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And they're getting ready to go nuts on that. Now, and listen, I, I don't care. It's just that I'm not feeling more religious on the 25th because now I know better. No, I mean, doesn't the whole world get religious? And they say, peace on earth, goodwill to men. They're repeating what's in the Bible, peace on earth. Now, is there peace on earth? The previous speaker, and it's true. The world is in a violent situation, either militarily or by war of words. And people are really mad at each other at this point in time. You go in public, you should keep your mouth shut. Because there just might be someone that hates what you're going to say. And they'd be willing to kill you or beat you up. Or That's how bad it's getting. Am I up here lying, or is that close? That's close. <laughs> and what the founder said, and I'm going to say this too while I'm digressing, he said, crime, see, when we came into class, I came in 1976 full time, 75 first time. I've been here for a while. And this gospel is set up, or this teaching is set up to preach the true gospel of Yahshua, that he didn't die to set up a Christian example. He died to fulfill or take away the physical way of worshiping so the Holy Spirit can be written in our heart and mind and we can worship Yahweh spiritually. And we're going to get Jeremiah 31, 31. Um, we're going to get that Hebrews 8 and 10. He came to make an end of this way of worshiping so the, the best way of worshiping or the proper could start and proceed and this is called the purpose of Yahweh. He set it up with a physical law, but he did not intend that to continue forever. But it, he did set it up to show mankind and the Jews they needed a savior. See, he gave them these laws when he, now here's the other thing. The world thinks that, see, they came up out of Egypt, they gathered around this mount, all of them, and he spoke these Ten Commandments to them. And they think that Christians were there. In other words, they, they think in their mind. This is the way I was taught. I was a Christian Baptist, all the time go to church person. I was led to believe that he was talking to me too. But there, there weren't any Jews around. I mean, there weren't, any, there weren't any Gentiles here. The Gentiles that chased them were Egyptians. They were killed in the sea, and that's in the book. They didn't make it to the mount. So this law was to them to show them that they needed a savior. And then it's seven years later, that he, after his death, burial, and resurrection, that he includes the promise to Abraham, in thy seed, in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. But first, he's got to fulfill that law that he gave to them. The Gentiles were just acting crazy. And here's a quick one. The reason, now the Roman Catholics know better because they put in Christmas. They put in Christmas because in the pagan religion, they always worship to fertility gods. 
You need to have plants and food to live. And you need to have children to continue your family. And they offered human sacrifices to their fertility gods, starting down from Babylon and all the way down. That has been in progress all of mankind history. And it came down even into what they call Christian times. And what they were doing, and this is uh, Dr. Welsh, is his research, they had temple prostitutes. And the, pro the prostitutes were to become pregnant to bear offspring. So at the time of, of sacrifice in the spring, they could worship these. And they offered young girls in fire as sacrifice to fertility gods. And that's what I'm talking about. The Gentiles were not included here, and they just were left to act crazy. That's crazy, offering your own offspring, creating a religious system to produce children to sacrifice. Now, under the law correctly, he didn't give them sacrifices of humans on this altar. They were to be of the flock or of the sheep or the, sometimes birds. And I found this out, too. See, the sin of the first man, Adam, passed upon all mankind. It didn't pass upon animals. You can't offer up a sacrifice that has sin on it for sin. So you can't offer girls and stuff and boys. Mankind has sin. You can't offer them up for sin. A sheep hasn't done nothing to nobody. Neither has a cow. Wouldn't think of it. It's not in them. So that this is now. So that I'm talking how Gentiles are nuts. That's one way they're nuts. Now what he's going to do is he's going to rein them in through Peter and Cornelius. He's going to rein them in, and we've got here. See, these charts are right on the Gentiles. That's the tenth chapter. Seven years later. Then the promise to Abraham in thy seed, singular, not the whole nation of Israel, plural. In thy seed, singular, and he came through the Jews. He wasn't product of their genes, but he came through them, through, the, through David, as it was prophesied. The kingship tribe, Judah. So then he gets all of them, and that's what allowed us to get in. I am a Gentile by birth. I'm not a Jew. Now, everybody has to come by Yahshua the Messiah. Since he gave himself as the sacrifice, and this goes, there's so much more, but when he came to John at the baptism of repentance, they were to admit they had sins. That's why it was called the baptism. It wasn't the baptism for anybody to get the Holy Spirit. None of them got it. What they got is buried. He was John the Immerser. John was, he was a Jew. He was not a Baptist. Just listen to me. I thought John was a Baptist. John was a Jew. He was not a Baptist. There was no Baptist. So his job was twofold, to bury the dead Jews so they see Yahshua fulfilled it, to be in the likeness of his death so they could be in the likeness of his resurrection. And also he was told to look for one, and when he saw a Holy Spirit descending upon him, he was to identify him, and a day later he says, Behold, the Lamb of Yahweh, which cometh to take away the sin of the world. They had to offer up a lamb here 
to get out of Egypt from a death situation. This lamb has to be offered up to get man in his heart or mind or his conscience out of a dead situation. And we are not holier than thou. The Spirit has made us in one with our Heavenly Father. We're not holy rollers. But like the founder said, uh, the Holy Spirit puts the man in his right mind in pertaining to his relationship with Yahweh, and he doesn't have to read stones anymore and look at rules on his wrists and cuffs and his head. The rule or the law is now written in our heart and mind, and that's not a slogan. That, that guides the way we think. And not to be holier than thou, not going around passing out tracks and bugging the hell out of people that are minding their own business. I'm sorry, but I just told, I just told the truth. I'm sorry, it didn't sound good, but you know, sometimes you don't want a Bible tract shoved in your face when you're doing something else. I'm sorry. So I go to work and find them in the bathroom. <laughs> On the toilet. <laughs> Jeez. I take them and I read them, though, because we were told to investigate other religions, right? What do we do? We read them. All right. Six months. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like the previous speaker said, I, all I did is illustrate it so you can look at it on the board. Now, Yahshua, here's the other big deal of the scriptures. Get where Yahshua said he came to fulfill. That's John uh, 3 and 13, Matthew 3 13, and 5 17. I have a little time left. And I'm not going to tell the whole thing forever, ever, and ever. You have to. Um, what we've done, what I've had to do, is learn to do some studying. Um, it wasn't until probably my 20th, 25th, 30th year in class that I made an effort to read the entire Old Testament. And not for revelations, just to read it. And that's where you find out that these things that we're speaking of, Yahshua, they're actually back there. And all this teaching is, is like putting on a pair of glasses for you to see where Yahweh set it up. And the purpose of this gospel, the real gospel, is for people to learn about him so they would be able to have faith in him. I mean, how can you have faith in anything and you don't know anything about it? Why would you? You don't have faith in random stuff. You have faith on things that you've done repetitively and you know they work. But you don't have faith to... You don't have faith that you step off a building and you fly upwards. It takes a little LSD or mescaline to do that. <laughs> I can fly. You found the, wrong. the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, you can fly the wrong way. And I, I shouldn't sound mean, but see, deception is like being high on drugs. When you lie, the first person you lie to is yourself. And that's pretty hard for a man or woman to say I'm wrong. That's pretty hard. I'll just take natural stuff. Say, say you have a drinking problem, which 
That's the most popular self-medication on the face of the earth, and it's legal, right? It's hard to admit, you know what, I got a problem. I think I should get some help. No, first of all, you got to get divorced, lose all your money, <laughs> live out on the streets, lose your health, and finally say, you know, I think I need some help. <laughs> and that's hard. I'm, I'm talking me too. I have, I've had a medical problem. I had to say, you know what? I had better go see a doctor. Now I'm going to have to elucidate in words. I am in trouble. That's hard. And you know why? Because we always think we can handle it. That's the, that's the alcoholic's mantra. I can handle it. <laughs> Am I lying? No, right? Everybody else is a drunk except me. <laughs> I can handle it. And I'm just saying, you, but you can translate that into the religious world too, where it's hard to admit. You know, see, we show these things and people look right at them and say, but that's the goat. See, you had to take out a lamb or a goat. Goats butt back, right? That's what we learned. They, they have these little horns and they butt. But that's what I was told. I was told this. I was told that. So the seed is planted, but it doesn't spring up. That's that parable. Our job is to plant the seeds. It's Joshua's job to water and give the increase. Just like when you put a seed in the ground, you don't pray to the ground. And please don't offer up children in sacrifice. That won't, that won't. You take some sunshine and some rain in due season for that to come up. All right. So where are we at on the scripture? You, you got, got your, Matthew, you got John. All right. Get on. Yahshua came to fulfill. Now, this is the other huge part of this teaching. The Christian world. You can do one L or two L's. Fulfill means to end or to bring into actual reality. Fulfill doesn't mean to start something. And in my religious training, I was taught that Jesus came in to set up a Christian way of worshiping. And in the Christian world, it always includes these carnal ordinances that he died because the mankind couldn't keep them. And what they do, see, they don't pick out, they don't pick out, well, we won't die on the cross. We don't, we don't do that. But we can give sacrifices. And what are, are they are they lambs or goats or turtle doves? No, it's money. We can get baptized. And see, that's what we we we'll go into this later. Is they didn't get baptized, there's Joshua John. And by the way, John was his cousin. And both of them were brought up specially to fulfill the end of this age. <clears throat> he didn't leave it to chance. If you really go back carefully, he didn't leave any of this to chance. He showed himself to Abraham and told him that he was going to have a seed. He showed himself to Isaac. He showed himself to, to Noah. None of this has been left to chance. Yahweh is not in the sky as much as you think he is. He has never been. And right now, if we receive him into our heart and mind by a knowledge and understanding or by faith in him, he's in us. 
That's how we know him. I'm going to say this and, you know, keep going. See, this isn't in us to be holy rollers. This is in us for him to reveal the purpose of Yahweh to us. In other words, if you learn something, you're going to learn it up here. If you hear something, you're going to hear it up here. The other thing this does is it causes us to, in other words, the Holy Spirit in you would cause you, after getting mad at a person who goes off on you or doesn't this or that, would cause you to resist killing them. <laughs> and listen, that has come to your mind. If you live on this earth, you have thought that. But he'll say, no. No, you, no, you, no, you can't do that. Now, what I've learned, now I'm so far along getting, do you know who the final keeper of the score is? It's Yahweh. He's keeping tally of all the stuff that goes down. And he doesn't, he will remember your sins and trespasses no, no longer. That's true. But he does not have Alzheimer's. He knows what has transpired. And he said, every man is going to be judged for the deeds done in their body. Now, until we know him, we will act crazy to some extent. When he changes us, that's when the end of our way of thinking comes and the law of the spirit. And we're held responsible how we act under this. To him. Now, that'll tell you what to do and what not to do. And therefore, you don't need to say, you know, should I go online and rip people's identities off so I can make money? Should I kill somebody? Should I do extortion? That will keep you walking in his will and way, which he intended from the beginning, but this never took hold because it was given to them to keep physically. What he gave them in the interim is a sacrifice. Sacrifices and offerings thou didst not desire, but a body hast thou prepared for me. And that's him. That's not no joke. That's not a picture on the screen. Now, I, I'm going to, we've made it clear. Yahshua came to fulfill. Let's get that quick. If, if he comes to fulfill, read one of them at least for proof. That's Matthew 3 and 13. Mm -hmm. Then cometh Yahshua from Galilee to Jordan and to John to be baptized of him. For John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and cometh thou to me. See, John asked him, have you sinned? He said, No. And nobody up to that time said no. And he said, well, if that's the case, you should be baptizing me. Because even John's admitting he was a sinner. And John, by the way, I always say, he was a rock star. All of Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, and all the regions about came to him to be baptized. And he wasn't the one. He had to decrease. So he, John didn't come to be the Savior. Okay, I'll wrap this up. He did. But they had to work in concert. John had to baptize him. And Yahshua said, just suffer it to be so now, because it becometh us to fulfill. Now, once he gets baptized, there's water in his platter. Blood, water, and spirit. Blood on the door. Water at the sea. And the cloud or the spirit led them through. He fulfilled all water baptisms, 
all ritual washings for righteousness. Now it's the preaching of the gospel that is the true baptism. That's it. It's invisible. The last thing I'd like to say on that score before I sit down, everything here was physical. Nothing here is physical. It's all spiritual, every last bit of it. And I'm sorry you're hanging around with your physical body. It's, you just got to bear with it. This in you will help you bear with it. But everything in this age is spiritual. You can't do a physical baptism. Give Now, we need donations to exist, but you can't give sacrifices or money or keep the... Listen, you can't keep the Ten, ten Commandments and just don't start fooling anybody. Nobody's kept the Ten Commandments. That's why they went to John and confessed they didn't. This was the law of sin and death. Either you died or sacrifice died. But you break this law, something dies. So he, he died for everyone that broke it. And he was a clean, without sin, without spot, without blemish like that one. And then Yahweh accepted that. And on the day of Pentecost, 53 days later, he poured out his spirit. Now, this is where I'm going to segue back to the names. The first man, Adam, in Moses' vision was born on the 6th or taken out of the ground in, a, in the garden. That means no houses, the animals were there, the trees. So Yahshua fulfills being born on the 6th of the 6th month in a manger. See, they had hotels, but they're all booked. They literally were booked. So he said, well, we got something out back here, and he's fulfilling being, Adam being born in the garden with animals around. He's not setting up something to do. He's fulfilling of what has been written of him. Now I'm going to hold 3131. The Jews, the children of Israel, took out this lamb. On, they took it out on the 10th, held it to the 14th, and sacrificed it near midnight. And they went out at night. And in the timing of it, now this takes some research, but if you go from April the 14th to June the 6th, th th June the 6th, or the, they didn't call it June. They don't even call their months anything. They call it the sixth month. They don't have names for their month. The, th this was the third month. The third day he told them to clean up. In three days, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to speak a lot to you. That makes it the sixth day of the sixth month, or June, our equivalent, June the 6th, that he spoke this law down. Now get John 1 and 14. John 1 and 1, John 1 and 14. We're going to show the word was made flesh. That's John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. Now this word we're talking about is not a written Bible word. Yahweh Elohim in visions and revelations spoke to them. He's the mouthpiece of Yahweh that the children of Israel heard, Abraham was spoken to by him, all of them heard from him. He's the word. Now get the 14th verse. The 14th verse. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He, Yahshua, wasn't God's little boy. He was God himself made flesh. 
to be a sacrifice, the only acceptable one that the scriptures refer to. No one else can die for your sins, right. including you. So the word is made flesh. Now he's made flesh on June the 6th. That's the word of Yahweh made flesh. And he goes into a ministry for three and a half years, and then he's crucified on the day of the Passover. April the 14th. So he's the true... They say, like Paul says, Joshua, our, our, our Passover is sacrificed for us. So he's not inventing Lord's suppers. He's fulfilling this lamb that got them out of bondage. He's the lamb that's going to get man out of sin in his heart or mind. Or, see, this is all about cleaning up your conscience at the end of the day. So he dies. Now he has to go to a burial. Three days and three nights, nobody can explain except this teaching. Because he, he passed away on Friday and he rose Sunday morning. That's not three days, brothers and sisters. But we can explain it, and I'm not going to do it now. I, I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Now, they came out, or this lamb died on the evening of April the 14th. And 53 days later, this law was spoken. And it's referred to as, the, um, and John, the Revela John the Revelator refers to this as the word made flesh in spoken form. 53 days later, the day of Pentecost is June the 6th, fulfilling the scriptures. And this old law came down to them on stones on June the 6th. And the law of the spirit of the word of life, it came down into their hearts and minds on June the 6th on the day of Pentecost. This is what established this age. The age of grace started on June the 6th, A.D. 34. The age of grace, I'll finish, did not start on Jesus' birthday. He was, get, uh, get Galatians 4 and 4 and I'm down, I promise. The age of grace did not start when Jesus was born. He had to fulfill, uh, this verse, Galatians will prove it. Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of time was come, Yahweh sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Now it's this word or son that he sent. And he came at the fullness of time in the 4,000th year to redeem Christians. He came to redeem them, the Hebrew nation, who were under this law, this yoke of bondage. Go. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, we are later, so he can't, we, this age, this event, his death ended the age, 53 days, this event, the Holy Spirit poured out into their heart or mind, started this current age of grace, and the, uh... And be you know those billboard men at the front of the stores? 
The men that they call them the sandwich men. Uh-oh. Take this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm acting a fool. See these sandwich men? No, you hold that side. I'm sorry. I didn't know this was so delicately. See Yahshua on the cross? No, I'm holding it. Yahshua on the cross right there? That's this line right here. It's the line of demarcation between the Old Covenant, law of carnal ordinances, physical kingdom of Israel. It ends all the physicality of worshiping God or Yahweh. And this act started a spiritual kingdom on earth. All right. And we receive the Holy Spirit through faith. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit through works. You can stand on your head and blow... No, I can't say that. <laughs> Whistle Dixie. And you can't receive the Holy Spirit. It's, it's only by faith. So that changes everything. This, there's the word end again. The world does not see the end of the world. You know what? The world ended on his crucifixion. Nobody saw it. This world of worshiping God physically ended. And now it's spiritual. Unless we learn about him, we can't see it. Because Yahweh is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him as spirit and truth. So with that, I need to sit down and shut up. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, thank you, Dr. Domus. And before we end class, we'd like to have a couple of announcements from our um, hospitality chair. Person, Dr. Rhonda Brazil, comments from Dr. Rhonda Brazil. We are so thankful to Yashua that you all came out. This was so extraordinary. My friend Bruce, I'm so glad to see you here. I sent to Bruce our pamphlet, The True Birth Date of the Messiah. And I just wanted to see if Yahweh would bring that out. Thank you. That's what he did. Hallelujah. Ain't that right? We didn't, listen, Bruce, we didn't plan this. We didn't plan this. I sent you that because it was this season. You came here and got the confirmation. That was Yahweh himself that was sent that to you. Now you come back because, just like he said, this is the only place that you will find the truth. Told him about it. We can explain it. Yahweh has to explain it. Now you come back. Come back, get that, and see for yourself if Yahweh is proven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. And let's get one more confirmation that it was meant for you to be here. Dr. Carl Leatherberry knows you from St. Louis. He's usually not here. See how Yahweh worked? See how Yahweh worked? Amazing. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the truth be established. So we thank you for coming. We welcome you. We know that Yahweh invited you, not Rhonda. So please come back and study with us. And that does conclude our lecture for this afternoon. We hold our classes on Zoom every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Sunday's 1130 to 130. 
Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6.30 to 8.30. And when we're in person, it's 11 to 1. And our school is supported by donations. We appreciate donations. Let's, Dr. Sharon Lewis, you have a comment? I was just going to say that there will be Zoom class held on the next two Sunday holidays. Okay. okay. So Christmas, Christmas and New Year's will have Zoom only because this place, I know, it will be closed. Um, thank you for that, Same Dr. Time, Lewis. 11.30 to 1.30 okay, on Sunday. 11.30 You know. Yes, we'll talk. Okay, we don't confuse We'll confirm right? the time. Yeah. We're all a little delirious. <laughs> don't pay any attention. All right. We might, we might switch. Okay. Thank you once again, everyone on Zoom, for joining us. We miss you. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. And may we all stand to be dismissed. Nine to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time, now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah.